Good Friday morning. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. You can follow us on Twitter at the Fumbling Punter. Getting ready for a big weekend involving the NFL Pro Bowl. Uh, going back for the last few years, a lot of people have complained about how the Pro Bowl isn't taken seriously enough by the players. And I want you to think about that if you choose to watch the game on Sunday. If you had to put your whole livelihood for a scrimmage game, on the line for a scrimmage game, would you do it if you were set to make $20 million in incentives over the next two, three, five years these guys are out there for? Would you risk injury? Because this isn't this isn't the NBA. This isn't Major League Baseball. Your contracts aren't guaranteed. If you get hurt, you have guaranteed money, but after that you are cut. If you're in a contract year, if your contract is up and you get hurt, your career is over. So I don't blame a lot of these guys for going out there and make it, making it more of a 7-on-7 passing, nobody tackles anybody. I would do the exact same thing if my whole livelihood was at stake. And I think that most people listening right now would too, and if you feel differently, you're probably lying because no one is risking being able to take care of their whole families for the rest of their lives to play in some type of scrimmage, pickup, all-star game. It's just, it's not worth it to the players, and I have no problem with that. Uh, I do think that maybe the NFL should use this weekend to highlight the Pro Bowl, or the Senior Bowl, rather, a little bit more. The Senior Bowl is a pretty big deal if you like to keep up with the draft as I do and a lot of us do because it affects our teams you're looking for specific players that fit your team's needs uh, looking some of the players that I highlighted to watch are Cal quarterback Davis Webb uh, Clemson linebacker Ben Bulware, uh Clemson defensive tackle Carlos Watkins Bama tight end OJ Howard who I think is really good and then my homerism is people like to call it, uh, Arian Pinton from Mizzou. He's the only Mizzou player in it this year, so I'll be rooting for him to have a good senior bowl and uh, hopefully pick up his draft stock here in the coming months. I don't know if you've seen or not, but the NFL and the Pro Bowl added a dodgeball game to the festivities this weekend. Uh, Jim Thomas, the Offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns was on Dan Patrick this morning, and I listened to a little bit of that, and he was really hyping it up. I got more excited to watch the dodgeball game this weekend than to watch the actual Pro Bowl. And I wrote down some ideas that I could think that I think the NFL should maybe look into, try to get people interested to watch, and it's hopefully things that won't get these guys hurt. But uh, uh. Pick up basketball game. Maybe you pick 10 guys from the AFC, 10 guys from the NFC, and have them play uh, you know, a two 20-minute half basketball game. I think that would be fun, either seeing the punters get out there and fumble around. Ha, see what I did there? and Or uh, see how athletic these guys actually are. I mean, I read an article a few years back that said that Vince Wilfork could dunk. They list Vince Wilfork a little over 300 pounds, and I'm pretty sure he goes a solid 410 or more. Big Vince is a big guy, 
And I think that a lot of people would really enjoy seeing that athleticism, both in uh, softball and basketball, as well as this fun dodgeball game. They did, he did say that there were no injuries, and I'm sure the NFL was nervous about that this whole time. But just make it more fun for the fans and uh, put a better product out there on TV. Keeping, in, keeping it in the National Football League right now, Roger Goodell went on Colin Cowherd's show on Wednesday and said that he would be honored to present Tom Brady with the Lombardi Trophy. I don't have to say a lot that you guys haven't already heard. It's a crock. Roger Goodell is not rooting for the Patriots. He wants to hand that trophy to Matt Ryan and Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons more than anybody in this world. He, The amount of crow that Goodell had to eat just to say that but actually doing it, he does not want to do that. And you know that Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick would not say the exact same thing about Goodell. They would not. They are not going to feel honored to receive that trophy from him. They are going to feel redeemed, I think is the more appropriate term. They are going to feel good about rubbing that in the NFL's face after Deflate Gate and everything else. This is a Super Bowl for them. I think we went over that the other day. Uh, if... If you didn't get a chance, go read my article from the other day. I believe it was Tuesday about how Bill Belichick 2016 is his best coaching year by far. I highlighted some things in there, but the the big point of that was he didn't have Tom Brady for four games. They went 3 and 1. He traded their two best individual defensive players and they had the top scoring defense this year. So, Tom Brady is holding a grudge, but don't think for a second that Bill Belichick isn't going to smile whenever Goodell hands him that trophy if they are able to beat the Atlanta Falcons. I don't want that to be a slight to the Falcons. They're a really good team, great offense, great defense, and it's it's going to be a good game. The lines aren't set for this weekend in college basketball at the time of this recording, so we may tonight around 7 or 8 o'clock get with Easy e David Ekman, to give you guys a weekend preview gambling picks. He's 9 and 3 this sh- so far in on this show, so you know, 750 winning percentage. Most of the guys in Vegas aren't giving you that. So, follow him at Deckman on Twitter. He will give you some good gambling picks or just listen to this show or follow us at Fumbling Punter on Twitter to get his great gambling picks. Moving on to basketball, I had posted an article Mike Greenberg of Mike and Mike had sent out a tweet, is LeBron near the end of his prime? And like a lot of people, I read that and thought that they were just trying to get clickbaits right there, that there was no substance to it, that there was no, it was just something that they were saying to try to attract viewers because Mike and Mike are kind of, is a boring show. So I took to doing some research on this and LeBron is 32 years old right now. I did realize that But I looked at the careers of Dwayne Wade, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Oscar Robinson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, and Karl Malone. All Hall of Famers or will-be Hall of Famers. And I looked at their age 33 and beyond seasons. And the only guys to have career average years in shooting and points per game are Kobe at age 33 and 34, Larry Bird at age 33, Michael Jordan at 33 and 34, 
and then Carl Malone did it three times at 33, 34, and 36. So those aren't great odds in LeBron James's favor. And I talked about in our Thursday piece that I did on fumblingpunter.com that I understand that LeBron is a facilitator. He is a passer. He is a rebounder. But at some point, the Cavaliers are going to need him to score. He went on in an interview the other day and was talking about how he needed playmakers. The Cavs needed playmakers. Well, if you're paying $70 million a year for three guys in LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving, that should be all the playmakers you need. Or you've spent some bad money or made some bad decisions. And kind of uh, going on from this point, LeBron says he needs playmakers. Carmelo says he needs out of New York. And these guys are friends. They've played in the Olympics together. They've played on all-star teams together. So it would make sense that they would want to play on the same team. Carmelo's never got to play in the NBA Finals. He's never going to lead the Knicks, even with Porzingis to the Finals. And so he wants out of New York. And the rumor mill has it that the Knicks got in contact with the Cavs and asked for Kevin Love in exchange for Carmelo Anthony. And that is as far as that whole conversation got. Kevin Love is younger. He knows his role better. He's a rebounder. Uh, he doesn't need to have the ball in his hands to make a big difference on the court. And so I don't think there's any way that the Cavs are going to part with Kevin Love to get Carmelo Anthony on the team. They don't need a playmaker that bad. But I was also looking, you know, ever since Kevin Durant went to Golden State this summer, it kind of set a precedence for what a championship team needs to look like. A bunch of all-stars that get together play together and win and LeBron kind of did this same thing the same thing as the the big three in Boston whenever he went down to Miami and paired up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and he's already talking about needing more playmakers Carmelo is being rumored although I did do a Twitter poll last night and as of 9:30, we had 33 votes so Way to go, team. I didn't know that many people would participate in one of our Twitter polls yet, but uh, 77% of you said that Carmelo would not be a good fit on the Cavs. I can't say I disagree unless Carmelo wants to change the way he plays the game, play more like he does in the Olympics. But I was looking at this, and as you all know, LeBron James is good friends with those guys that he came out with in the draft, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony course Chris Bosch is injured right now but I was looking at this and Chris Paul will be a free agent after next season as will Dwayne Wade and if you have been paying attention to the news little side note here Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler called out the rest of their teammates for not wanting to win not wanting to play hard enough and then Rajon Rondo sent out a picture on Instagram of him Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce talking about how his teammates knew leadership. They didn't blame the other team. They got in the gym and worked. If you haven't seen that, you should find that post by Rajon Rondo on Instagram. He really, really lets Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade have it and really speaks highly of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. He also talks about the great leadership of Doc Rivers. Moving back, so Dwayne Wade doesn't seem to be happy in Chicago. I tweeted out 
last night that the Knicks are essentially, the, the, rather the Bulls are essentially the Knicks in different colored jerseys in a slightly smaller city. And it's starting to look that way. So Dwayne Wade would want to leave. I think that it makes sense for LeBron and the Cavaliers if they want to continue to compete with the Warriors to try to make a run at either Chris Paul, uh, Carmelo Anthony, or Dwayne Wade to add into the mix. The salary cap is going up about $20 million next year, so they will have some room to play with. But looking at the salaries, it would be hard to make it work. Basically, everybody would have to take a pay cut. And I know LeBron, Chris Paul, Melo, Dwayne Wade could make that up in endorsements, but I don't think, and maybe even Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson aren't making endorsement money. They're not, they're not, their primary source of income is not endorsement deals. So everyone would have to take a pretty substantial pay cut to make it happen, and it would be after next year. But I have it wrote down here, and I think Dwayne Wade would practically have to take the league minimum, or the veterans minimum, to come to Cleveland, and I just don't know if that's something that Dwayne Wade is willing to do. A lot of guys aren't willing to take the veteran minimum, especially guys like Wade, Kobe. Kobe was getting paid $24 million a year up until his final year, which was... uh, atrocious and so a lot of guys don't want to do that take that bigger risk but then you have Chris Paul Kyrie Irving LeBron Carmelo Anthony Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love on your team and you know that could be a legacy builder it could be a two-year deal where you get Carmelo a ring you add a couple of rings for LeBron and D Wade give Dan Gilbert and the Cleveland Cavaliers organization more championships, and the city of Cleveland could definitely get behind that. One of the things I'm going to start doing is a little regular Fun Fact Friday. So my Fun Fact Friday for you guys today is West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins has a clause in his contract where he gets an extra $25,000 per win versus the University of Kansas. I think that's money well spent on West Virginia's part. Everybody hates Kansas. Ah, I'm speaking for for myself and all MU Tiger fans out there. But it's a it's a really interesting that you would pay your head coach twenty five thousand dollars to beat a conference opponent. Now Kansas has reeled off nine or ten consecutive Big Twelve championships. Uh, the exact number I'm not sure of, and they're kind of the Kentucky of the Big Twelve. They they are the big boy. They are who you want to beat. And I like that West Virginia does something a little neat there. They try to incentivize Bob Huggins to get the team up for that game. But I think if that's a team in your conference, they are your peer, not your superior. So you should be playing for your regular contract money to try to beat them every single year. That is your job as head basketball coach at West Virginia University. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we were excited, or I was excited to get us on iTunes this week. You can find us there on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. If you want to look back and read over any of those articles that I wrote this week and mentioned in this podcast, go to fumblingpunter.com and you can find all of those there. My name is Devin Keeney. Thank you for listening. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast. <laughs>